you know, we're talking about things having shifted. I think it's, there is still some basic kinds of stereotypical thinking that the man will be the breadwinner and that um, the woman uh, doesn't have to be, though we have a lot more women in the workforce and a lot more uh, families that are dual income families now. This week, a new study came out suggesting that men as the sole breadwinner in their family are not as happy. Dr. Karen Sherman gives her thoughts on the changing landscape of marriage. Stay tuned. I have a confession. I don't want to talk about the holiday season, but I have to because a little planning is necessary, and I don't want you to miss this opportunity, and the holidays are right around the corner. With all the added responsibilities and commitments about to land on your plate, let us take care of your beverage concerns. Go to hitchedmag.com, click the wine club link, and you'll have amazing wine delivered to your door. Sure, you can share it with your in-laws during a holiday meal, or you and your spouse can sneak away on a mini date night to enjoy your special bottle. In fact, we include date ideas with each shipment. If you find a wine you like, huge discounts are available for reorder, sometimes up to 50% off. We think you'll like this so much that gift options are also available so you can share the love. To learn more, visit hitchmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the fabulous, by the original, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, the co-author of Marriage Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last, and Karen has her own show called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationships that is out each Wednesday uh, on the Sex Talk Radio Network, Um, and she has joined us today, uh, as Karen regularly does, to discuss something that was in the news. A a new study Karen was out um, that was we both found this a little surprising yeah it suggests that it is or could be potentially i should say bad for men to be the breadwinner in a marriage relationship um the study was being presented at the american sociological association conference it looked at 15 years of data on married people between the ages of 18 and 32 from the national longitudinal longitudinal survey of youth um and just to jump right into it, the data suggests that men are at their lowest when they are their family's only breadwinner. And in fact, their happiness scores fell 5% lower and their health scores fell 3.5% lower on average than when both partners pitch in equally. Thoughts? <laughs> Well, I have to tell you, Steve, that when I read this study, I was surprised because my entire career has been about um, thinking in terms of men identifying themselves with their work um, and that 
when men didn't feel good about themselves professionally, um, that that was not a good thing. Um, you know, notice that you say that the participants in the study were 18 to 30 or 32? 32, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're looking at um, an age group that is a different population than the one I grew up with, and it very well may reflect the times they are changing, which is not a bad thing mm -hmm. because, you know, one of the things that I have really watched and enjoyed seeing is that fathers and husbands these days are um, very different from what I grew up with, uh, meaning that men used to go to work, be the breadwinners, come home and not really be involved with the family. Um, and, you know, that was his main job, mm -hmm. just being the breadwinner. And I think it is to their credit these days that men are much more involved with their families, both around the house and with their children. I think that everybody does better uh, with a man being with a man being more involved in that way. So I think that the study and its findings is reflecting uh, what is much more typical these days, and therefore. If a man is feeling the stress that all of the burden is on him, that um, that may account for the findings that he um, his satisfaction goes down and therefore he feels more stressed, which would then lead to health issues. Mm -hmm. That's my best take on it. Okay. And, you know, the interesting thing about this um, is, like, while well, that was a little bit surprising or interesting, one of the other really interesting things was that for women, it was actually just the reverse. Um, carrying a heavier financial load had the opposite effect for them. And the study went on to talk about how when they made more money, they felt better. When they made less money, they felt less good. Um, and unlike uh, the men, women's health didn't seem to be affected by their earning status within the family. Um, do you have any thoughts on why it would be different for women? Well, now this is going to sound contradictory because <laughs> though I do think that times have changed for men, I think they are moving a bit slower for women in that women are not getting paid the same amount as men. Um, we are still trying to prove our worth. Um, I'm trying to stay apolitical here, but we sure. do know that Hillary Clinton talks about, you know, shattering the glass ceiling, mm -hmm. um, meaning, in fact, that for women, we're still trying to prove ourselves. So for women, if they are, um, you know, being able to have financial success and worthiness, I think it makes them feel better. Mm -hmm. um, there is still some residue of, you know, uh, I can be more than just a homemaker. And I say that very tongue in cheek because uh, that is certainly nothing to be scoffed at. Yeah. Trying to run a home and raise a family is probably a far more difficult job than what many people face if they go into the office and, you know, do uh, office work or, you know, other careers. Yeah. Do you think, um, and this kind of plays on the point, that men take it for granted about being the breadwinner 
whereas women still have a greater appreciation because they're still climbing that ladder and trying yes. to break that glass ceiling? Yes. Yeah, I think I think that um, it is still, even though, you know, we're talking about things having shifted, I think it's there is still some basic kinds of stereotypical thinking that the man will be the breadwinner and that um, the woman... Uh, doesn't have to be, though we have a lot more women in the workforce mm-hmm. and a lot more uh, families that are dual income families now. Yeah. Uh, what, you know, one of the interesting things uh, I found in this was th- so a historian, Stephanie Kuntz, I, mm-hmm. uh, was, was mentioned in this piece, and this piece ran in Time Magazine um, or on their website, I should say. And I will put a link to this uh, story uh, in the show notes on our website. But um, one of the things that was mentioned was that she identified this whole men as breadwinner thing as a phenomenon. This is a relatively um, isolated thing within the history of humankind where the man was identified as the breadwinner within a family. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually found that surprising and then i started thinking about it and then you think like oh well actually when you start thinking about like the stories you were told in history classes and stuff women are constantly doing things where they're going out and gathering where he's the hunter but she's the gather so she he wasn't the only breadwinner and she was just staying back like Mm -hmm. she was going out and doing things as well Mm -hmm. um so, but they're not given credit for it. Like during wartime, women were working exactly very hard to, you know, um, do things in the factories. They weren't on, you know, on the battlefield, but they were certainly out there working uh, in supportive kinds of services. Yeah, they, I mean, they were the ones that were keeping the country running while mm-hmm. they were over fighting. Right. And right. to your point, like they weren't given any credit for it. It was just kind of like. You know, let us do the real job. You do this job, right. but when the men are doing it, it's like, well, yeah, it's a man. It's a man's job. It's real right. work, and it's anyways. Um, so, wh- uh, why then do you think? Uh, so, I'm going to step back one more time here. The article also went on to talk about how, and to your point, that this millennial generation uh, has a different idea about things, which is why we're having this kind of like flip of identity. So if this is a such a small phenomenon within history, why do you think our current um, social changes are having this kind of an impact where it seems like how things have been for the last, I don't know, generation or two, those shouldn't have impacted men in the way that they have. Uh, that's a hard one, Steve. I think that, first of all, you know, when we have certain belief systems, they're very hard to change. Um, we just sort of keep going along with them. And, uh, for instance, we all talk about, oh, it's a midlife crisis. It's a midlife crisis. And when you do the research, there really is no such thing as a midlife crisis when you do the actual research. And yet it's quote, a phenomena that we believe exists. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it may be that, again, there is a greater sensitivity on the part of men 
uh, they're more involved. They're not as um, stoic. And I don't mean that in a bad way now, but they're not so removed and dissociated. And so the fact that it's even that they're not putting up this front, but allowing themselves to say, yeah, I'm, I'm just not happy about this. Maybe that's why. And, mm. and I don't know. That's that's my best guess. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it sounds like a good, <laughs> good guess to me because uh, you're right. I do think sometimes it's just uh, momentum or inertia that kind of carries our thought processes yeah. mm-hmm. where it's like, well, this is how I grew up. So it is what it is. Um, I want to talk a little bit about identity and self-worth and Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of uh, times we wrap up who we are and what we do or what we supply or earn or whatever. Can you can you talk about that a bit? I think you're right, Um, especially I you know, I can't speak to other cultures, but I very much so in our culture, um, we do. I, you know, associate who we are with what we do. Um, and that's unfortunate. That being said, I was having this conversation with a client the other day, and I realized something, that do we really associate our identity with what we do, or is that merely a way to make small talk? Because when you first meet somebody, you're not going to really delve, nor should you, into your history and your issues and things like that because that would be inappropriate. So it's much easier to talk about, you know, well, what's your major when you're in college? Mm-hmm. Or when you meet somebody, well, what do you do? That's that's a very surface, easy way to connect and have something to talk about. Um, but that it's really not your identity. Um, But I think for people who do identify themselves with um, what they do Mm -hmm. as opposed to who they are, there's Mm -hmm. a difference between what you do and who you are, and feel that your self-worth is all tied up with that, um, that that's dangerous, Uh, that that um, is going to lead them to feel as if they may not be a worthy person if they're not successful by again American standards that mm-hmm. they are at a high level or that they are making lots of money doing what they're doing. Uh, truth is if you go to the uh, area of psychology, positive psychology, what will really make people the most happy is when they feel like they're adding, if they have meaning in life which has nothing to do with how much money you're making Mm -hmm. or, quote, how successful you are. Um, But you will feel good about yourself, about your self-worth, if you feel that your life has meaning. So, um, you know, you could be doing a job purely because it brings in enough money to uh, pay for your rent and whatever else. Uh, but it may be your avocation that allows you to feel like you have meaning. Mm, So if you identify yourself purely through your job or what you do, then I think that you're doing yourself a disservice. Okay. Do you think that, uh, you know, I I find this really interesting because I I think the way that our economics 
uh, are changing, that people are doing they're looking for more work opportunities that tap into their passion mm-hmm. um, because the I can go get a job at a big company and I'll be good mm-hmm. is is rapidly disappearing. And so it's mm-hmm. like, well, if I'm going to work for somebody who's going to lay me off for six months, I might as well do it myself and take the risk because the security and stability isn't there. So with that being said, do you think this identity and job um, – taps into doing what you're passionate about as if like that, like what you do is kind of who you are. When I was teaching and we would get into what should your future be and uh, you know, what's the best way to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. My advice to students was two things. What are you good at? Mm -hmm. What are your strengths? And the way you figure that out is what comes easy to you, which many people don't recognize as a strength. But if it comes easy to you, it's a strength because um, not everybody can do what you do. It's Uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I was going to add, I I find that super interesting. I wish somebody had told me that (laughs) because I feel like sometimes when something comes easy to me, um, I feel like I'm cheating somehow right right exactly you're not the only one that thinks that yeah if it comes easy to me it doesn't have any meaning exactly the the matter is if it comes easy to you it's because it's your internal strength Mm -hmm. so build on that you know um so that's the first thing the second thing is do what you enjoy because if you enjoy it then you're going to really be passionate about it um and i think if you can put those two things together then you've you've hit a home run. Okay. Uh, so so that to me is what will really make you successful mm-hmm. and feel good and feel like you know you have have some meaning in your life. Okay. And then um, you know we've been talking about how the the economics and and work habits are changing. Uh, what should a couple do? or an individual within a relationship do if they're feeling less than with their work status and it is affecting their relationship and their health? Well, you know, my old thing is to be able to talk about it with each other. And I think it's important here that the mate be able to be supportive and point out that um, you bring to the table not just your paycheck, but, you know, X, Y, and Z. We work as a team. Our relationship is a partnership. And, you know, there are so many different aspects to making our, you know, our marriage, our family work that the paycheck isn't the only thing. Mm -hmm. So, and that's like, you know, that's the same kind of advice I'd give if somebody's laid off. Mm you know, that what you want to do is support them and say, okay, so for a while, maybe, you know, I'll bring in a little bit more of the money, um, but, and you'll do more of the support services around the house, but we're still both contributing and both helping. Um, So it doesn't matter because you need all of those pieces in order to make the family run. Sure. Um, And that, that goes also to it being more equal. Um, And we also know, by the way, that, when a woman feels that the husband is helping more around the house, that their sex life is better. Mm -hmm. 
But the whole idea is that you're working together as a partnership. You know, you can't, if you go, and, and I'm probably not going to do this well because I'm not such a um, baseball author. <laughs> but, you know, if you just had a, a pitcher and you didn't have a good catcher or you didn't have people who were good at batting, you, you know, you wouldn't have a good team. You need all the players with their different skills in order to have a good team. So, um, again, if somebody is down in the, one of the partners is down in the dumps and says, well, you know, I only brought in X amount this money. Let's say they're a, um, an entrepreneur. I only brought in this amount this month and I'm, you know, I'm really not feeling like I'm contributing. But that other partner, that same partner is um, doing a lot of the carpooling and a lot of the cooking and a lot of the um, chores around the house then of course you're contributing you're mm-hmm. doing this together yeah no that was and by the way good sports analogy oh you, thank you well, well done <laughs> uh no i think that's a good point and i think um this is what one of the things we talk about often about the strength of marriage is you have that teammate mm-hmm. that can help pick you up when you feel like oh i didn't have a good inning to continue on the metaphor like look we have another at bat coming up We'll right. do better next time. Exactly. And we'll get through this. And, and and having that open communication too. So if they come to you – so this is the other thing. You're not hiding this shortfall of a month. You are honest about it and and therefore you can then find solutions. So, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? We're All right. Well, we'll make sure that we cook more at home this the next couple right. of weeks because we can't afford to go out because we, we don't have as much coming in or whatever. So when you're on the same page, you can find solutions and it's not all put on the shoulders of one person or the other. And, right. you know, the other thing about this too is if the the one person who is the breadwinner keeps this to themselves and gets stressed out, that often gets lashed out onto the other person and just starts tearing at the fabric of their um, connectedness. At the very least, there can be even more serious consequences if you're keeping it to yourself and you feel like it's all on you. Yeah, and and as we know, that keeping that stress is not good for health, which is part of what this study talks about is men's health goes down 3.5%. On average, so there's all sorts of things. So um, I think you know having that open communication and working as a team, like you mentioned, is a great piece of advice. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's a good place to stop. Unless you had one other thing you would like to add? No, not really. Not okay. really. I think that you know the more that a couple can feel like we're doing this together, and neither one of them feels like they're shouldering everything the better the relationship is in you know in general yeah and this whole um i think this whole thing about like who is the breadwinner or whatever because i feel like in today's society it's being more and more recognized that uh the money aspect is not reflective and this gets into the personal identity M- you know money is not reflective of worth and value within a relationship so I think that's right. helping with this whole conversation. Yes, yes. 
Um, okay, well, this this was great. And uh, as I mentioned, we will uh, put this in our show notes on the website, hitchmag.com. Uh, so be sure if you want to read more about this, you can, you'll find the link there. Um, and with that being said too, uh, I originally saw this and then tweeted it out. So if you follow me on Twitter at hitch media is the, the Twitter tag, um, you, you would have already seen this. So that's another reason why you should follow on social media, get the newsletters, all the other stuff, because, you know, this this podcast comes out a little bit later, but this information is coming rapidly in this world that we now live in. But you know, we do these podcasts to add more context and, and varying opinions and things. So hopefully, this added a little more weight to uh, things that you may have thought previously by because I know you follow on Twitter <laughs> when you read this originally. So um, I want to thank you, Karen, so much for your time. It is always a pleasure, and look forward to doing this again soon. So thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. And I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Karen is also on the social network, so be sure to go to her website and click those links and start following her. Uh, As I mentioned at the top, Karen has her own radio show called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship. And in just five minutes, Karen will present a new new relationship issue, tell you what's behind it and how to resolve it. And that is on the Sex Talk Radio Network. And you can, again, if you follow Karen on Facebook, for example, she is very good at posting when the new shows go up. So you can click the links there and easily access them access them um and as i mentioned we are on twitter facebook uh pinterest instagram uh hitched is on all the platforms so be sure to follow us there uh get the newsletter we put out the the uh, podcast in each uh week's issue of the news newsletter it is free it takes 30 seconds to sign up and you can do that at our website hitchedmag.com and uh, that's all the pitches I have for you this week so one last time thank you so much Karen take care Steve thank you okay that's gonna do it everybody take care we're on top of the world tonight.